0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, November 21st, 2007. I'm Caleb Brown. Unilateral sanctions, aggressive talk, and a long-standing reluctance to negotiate mark the United States' diplomatic efforts in engaging Iran. So is it possible that the United States is not genuinely interested in peace with that nation? And is it too late for the Bush administration to achieve any lasting success at getting a negotiated peace with Iran? Malou Innocent is a foreign policy analyst for the Cato Institute.
1: Well, essentially, the United States... Uh, establishes as the precondition to negotiations with Iran that it ceases its uranium enrichment. And we've been stuck kind of in a diplomatic stalemate over the past year. Um, The United Nations Security Council has instituted uh, multilateral sanctions, uh, two rounds of multilateral sanctions, and the United States has its own unilateral sanctions against Iran. And also the House of uh, Representatives actually passed uh, a bill, the Iran Counterproliferation Act of 2007, which would actually uh, expand the unilateral sanctions against Iran if passed in the House and then signed by the president. So this precondition of forcing Iran to actually stop its uranium enrichment is actually kind of funny because you would think that before you enter into a negotiation, you wouldn't establish as the precondition, the very goal you'd want to achieve. Um, There are several problems with that. Number one, um, it's very difficult to uh, restart centrifuges once they are stopped. Uh, You have to put in all these inert gases. You're putting a lot of strain on the machines for spinning the uranium. So it's actually a very intensive process. And so... Hopefully that shouldn't be a hurdle, but that's actually become one of the chief reasons why we haven't been able to progress with Iran on, on the dialogue issue.
0: Iran has made overtures to the United States, which would seem to be conciliatory, that they would like to enter into some sort of talks, some sort of negotiated peace, but the United States has for years said simply, we will not talk to Iran. Why should Iran negotiate now?
1: Iran would gain a lot if it entered into negotiations with the United States. Uh, For starters, it would gain uh, increased integration of the global economic uh, trading community, which would entail the lifting of U.S. and U.N. sanctions, uh, possibly its incorporation into the World Trade Organization, increased investment in its energy sector for oil and gas exploration. And negotiations would possibly lead to the ending of over three decades or almost three decades of hostility between the United States and Iran, uh, hopefully normalizing diplomatic and economic relations. And hopefully these economic benefits, if Iran chose to enter into negotiations and cease uranium enrichment, would be a decrease in its inflation, which is at a high of 14.8%, and also a decrease in its unemployment, which is at 11.2%. The thing that Iran, I'm sure, and the clerical regime is terrified about is if it entered into negotiations tomorrow, and if the United States said, okay, well, we'll sign with you a non-aggression pact, There is nothing that will prove to the clerics in Tehran that the United States will not go back on its word. So it's not even bringing Iran to the negotiating table, that's the troublesome part, but establishing that trust again.
0: What should or what can the United States do to establish greater credibility with Iran to bring them to the table?
1: Well, I would say that it should establish some sort of non-aggression pact with Iran. Um, but also, I think that we have to wait for the next presidential administration to, any, to enter any sort of proactive or uh, process diplomacy with Iran and many of its enemies. For some reason, this administration has decided not to engage in negotiations with its stated enemies and with terrorists. But if we look back at diplomatic history of the United States, we can see that we've negotiated with the Soviet Union during the Cold War. And this was a country that was Antithetical to our ideological uh, assessments of of everything we conceived about the world, about politics, about religion, and we uh, signed the uh, Atmospheric Nuclear Test Ban Treaty. We uh, signed multiple. Uh, Arms reduction agreements with the Soviet Union, even though the country, uh, both countries, were uh, possessed massively destructive nuclear weapons poised to launch at the other at a moment's notice, and we were engaged in mind-numbing, painstaking uh, details over arms agreements with a stated enemy. Uh, Another example in our history of us engaging with our enemies is China Uh, during the Vietnam conflict. President Nixon actually uh, entered into a, a constructive. Engagement with the People's Republic of China, despite the fact that the Chinese were aiding the North Vietnamese. Now, this was something that could have inhibited meaningful dialogue, but it didn't because uh, National Security Advisor Henry Kissinger and President Nixon realized that we could use the Chinese as a de facto ally against the Soviets. So we use our enemy to our advantage, and we harness their energy and we harness their power and use it for our own purposes. So I think we should learn that with Iran. And granted. Iranian President Mahmoud Ahmadinejad has actually said a lot of reprehensible things about the United States and about Israel. But we have to keep in mind that uh, both him and the clerics use their sharp tongues as essentially tools to their strategic advantage. They're no different than any other state, and we should harness their power.
0: Given the statements of President Bush, of Vice President Cheney putting Iran in the axis of evil, and then refusing for years to talk to them, setting some pretty high bars for even coming to the negotiating table— unilateral sanctions. Does the United States really want a negotiated peace with Iran?
1: Uh, That's a really good question, Caleb. I must say that the administration itself isn't monolithic. I think there are people within the administration who do want the diplomatic path with Iran, and there are definitely those who'd want the military path. It's more of a Janus-like approach to Iran. Um, I would say, honestly, though, that we are not committed 100% to diplomacy. I wouldn't say that we're not uh, that we're committed to military action, but I can definitely say we're not committed 100% to actually engaging in negotiations. Uh, if we were, we would lift the over 75 million we have now um, dedicated to essentially regime change in Iran, we would stop preventing NGOs from operating in Iran. According to uh, Trita Parsi, he's the uh, author of the book Treacherous Alliance, and he's also an Iranian uh, expert. And he says that there are NGOs right now who want to help children with cancer in Iran, and the government's actually preventing these private organizations from helping. And so I think we can use more of these soft power tools to our advantage. But again, you bring up an interesting point in the sense, do we want peace with all these kind of the blustery rhetoric and uh, the unilateral sanctions it's odd because some people think that we're actually establishing the predicate for military action uh, according to the June uh, Pentagon quarterly report in Iraq we've charged the Iranians with incursions into 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 the war zone uh, we've said that they uh, that their Iranian uh, Revolutionary Guard Corps are actually funding Iraqi militants, uh, Shiite militants in Iraq, uh, also the latest round of uh, unilateral sanctions that the House wants to implement. So it would appear as if the United States doesn't want peace. But again, it's difficult and we shouldn't treat the administration as a monolith because there are definitely people in the State Department who are pushing for the diplomatic approach.
0: Malou Innocent is a foreign policy analyst for the Cato Institute. This is the Cato Daily Podcast. You can read more of Cato's foreign policy work at our website, cato.org.